Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another special episode of the Questionable to Return podcast, where we talk about Brewers 2019 infield. But as always, I'm Andy with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Keep turning up the heat. Pete. Pete. Keep turning <laughs> up the heat. So it's pretty exciting times. Pitchers and catchers actually reported, and the rest of the team is due February 19th. So that's the deadline that all the players have to report. Most of the position players for the Brewers actually have. I think they're just waiting on one or two players. One exciting one that they're looking forward to is Mike Moustakis. Hey, they got him back. Signed a one-year deal. Rumored to be around what nine million ish or so. Yeah, nine or ten club option or mutual option, I believe, for next year. Which is kind of interesting because he declined the fifteen million dollar option at the end of last season. So I think he would have might have taken that and got himself a few extra million dollars. But yeah, he was hoping the uh, postseason run might drop a little interest, maybe get a multi-year deal. But baseball's in a weird place now with contracts. Yeah, Harper. Uh, Looks like he's going to become a favorite for the Phillies. Giants are in the mix, but he's still not signed. Yep. Chato's still not signed. Looks like he's going to sign with the White Sox based off of his new gloves <laughs> that he has been given from Rawlings, I believe. The White Sox have been pushing real hard. Real hard for him. Even signing guys that are friends with him just to try to lure him in. Cause yeah. It's like, it depends what, also depends what kind of light those gloves are in. Because, I mean, if it's not perfect, that could also be Yankee gloves. Could be. Could be. Keuchel looks like Braves seem to be the front runners there. But still not signed. Kimbrell, still not signed. That Braves team's going to be pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, considering they won the division. They're going all in. Last year. There's a few teams now that they kind of went through the rebuilding, and now they're ready to go for it, which makes it a little tougher on the Brewers because uh, it looks like there's more of those teams in the National League with the Phillies, the Braves, the Reds are kind of doing that, which is surprising. Yeah, Reds and Pirates aren't aren't too too bad, actually. This yeah. the Central looks pretty tough. It will this be this year. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be really, really nuts. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting what what has happened to players. And I did send you guys an article, and we will discuss that maybe our, in our next episode of Small Market versus Big Market and what's going on with the the free agency the last two years because. It's uh, kind of a cycle thing of what happens in the major leagues and how it's kind of like a cap copycat kind of league and teams trying to keep up with right. with the new things. So Maybe we'll post that out to the social media and have you guys read it too and you can kind sure, of... Sure, no doubt. It's a pretty contribute. good article for sure. It's, it goes into detail of what's going on. So I think teams have wised up about some of these really long contracts when you see Albert Pujols getting paid big money into his 40s. Uh you had Robinson Cano, who somehow the Mariners managed to unload that contract. I don't know why the Mets want him, but <laughs> yeah, I guess I he's know. still an okay hitter if you're if you're desperate. He feels like he's 25. Yeah, that's what well, he said. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know why they'd want him because I mean, if even if he's a good hitter, he'd be better off in the AL with the DH until they change that rule and bring it into both leagues. Yeah. But <laughs> Mets being in the NL, I think he becomes now a, a defensive liability. And that's the risk of 10-year contracts, and now we see. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, who are young guys. It's not like you'd be signing them into their 40s. And teams don't want to commit to 10-year deals. I even heard rumors the Giants were only offering three years. 
Yeah, he's Harper's not going to accept anything like that. That's what he says, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the the Brewers are just like that snake waiting <laughs> waiting to pick the 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 low bearing fruit, I guess, off the tree. <laughs> so I don't know how that makes any sense, but that's I, that's the classic analogy. It is. Yeah. I guess what's kind of interesting <laughs> if you look at an off season where they had a lot of free agent names, and I think what coming out of last season, what you'd expect the Brewers to probably go and do would maybe to get another big arm, another starting arm, and that to kind of shore up that rotation. And what they end up doing is they get they go out and get the best catching prospect that's available in free agency in Grundahl. And I think based on what, whatever you looked at, Moustakas was either your second or third option as the best third baseman available, while still leaving kind of a question at second base and still kind of see how it goes a little bit with the rotation and, and, and that bullpen. So... Or does it leave a question at second base? I guess we'll get into that. Yeah, I got some ideas. Will, but can't complain about adding quality bats. And, yeah, that's what they did this offseason. It's two more guys you feel right. you know, pretty good about having on the roster. So so before we get into the actual episode and, and going through the actual infield, we kind of want to try something different and, and give back to, to you guys. But you do you will have to owe us something. So I think what we want to do is we have a Chasing History Brewer's hat beautiful hat maybe we'll take pictures of us wearing ours we all have them yes they're they, incredible they are really nice hats actually really good hats so we want to give one of those to you but the wrinkle is we want you to submit your terrible sports injury story or it could be funny i mean it could be funny gruesome whatever you want to do try to keep it as clean as possible um we'll try to do some editing but we want you to submit it to us don't go crazy Keep it probably under a page, get to the point, but you can submit them on our website, so we'll probably have that ready to go. So what should we have the URL be for that? Questionableturn.com slash sports injury? Hmm, shorter. Yeah, injuries. I don't know how injury. to spell injuries. Injury. Injury. In, in the jury. In the jury. Yeah. So let's put it this way. By the time this episode gets released, we will have tweeted out the link to it. And you'll have to go to our website and find it. It'll be obvious to where to submit it. But you'll have to submit the story to us. And once we start getting those, we'll read them um, as we get them. And uh, one, uh, one of you guys who submitted a story will get randomly selected to win wins at hat. And we'll, we'll mail it to you. And let's just say like 200 words. Anything over, please, no. Yeah. I don't like I to th- read. I think the limit I put it was like 10,000 characters because it's based on a character limit. But that's roughly about. That's uh, like five pages. I think I did. I thought I did the oh, math characters. and calculated out. Yeah, if you if you put it out there, it's probably. I think it was a page. Okay. So, rule of thumb: a couple of paragraphs. Be good to go. So before we jump into some some of the new episode talks, we have to wrap up episode one with a bow. And one of those things that we forgot to actually address, or we wanted to finish up and address, is who will actually be the closer. So we had the big three. We obviously mentioned that the big three, and it's like, well, they'll make the, we the did, relief. We did say it'd probably be the hot hand, which... A little bit, yeah. A little bit of that. But I guess if we wanted to actually say, let's say you're doing fantasy baseball, mm-hmm. who do you draft if you're looking for saves? In my opinion, I think it's Corey Knable. That's I, who I would lean on and trust. I agree. I think he has. I think he'll get the, the most, first opportunity. The most closing experience. 
I think, yeah, looking off the postseason and based off of that last month last year and how just lights out he was, I feel like he's earned that spot back. Jeffers kind of lost it a little bit. Yeah. Not that he lost all of it, but um, I think I would trust Knable, and I would feel like he would have the most saves. Jeffers and Hayter are going to get their opportunities. Obviously, this team, they probably will need all three of them to get, you know, double-digit saves, I would think, hopefully. Yeah, um, it could could it could, certainly it could play definitely like that, happen. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I think Canable gets that first first crack at it. Yeah, I would agree. So one more fun talk we want to kind of jump into is the new old logo. So I think everybody's kind of seen it. The old logo with the the ball in the glove and the mitt forming the M and the B in the baseball with the kind of bright yellow and the and the royal blue colors. What we've seen now more so is the navy blue with that goldish color like the new colors with that same retro logo though do you think they made a switch or do you think they're going to make a switch to that one coming up so i was kind of looking this up a lot and i did notice that there's a site with a bunch of lo- all the logos i forget the name of it all sports logos.net i believe it's kind of a nice site because it gives a, a history of logos actually so and actually i was searching on there and if they post like random logos and they had the rocky mountain flames and I have a hat coming of the Rocky Mountain Flames because it's pretty nice. sweet. It's basically just a s'more, awesome <laughs> s'more character. Great on a hat. So anyway, sorry about that. Great logo, yeah. Great logo. Love love those minor league baseballs hats. But um, so yeah, I was kind of looking at that, and they actually changed to the M as their primary logo, the new M. I should say new old M. Um, I think it was last year, maybe 2017. But um, it, they went from that Brewers with the baseball behind the Brewers font. Um, they went from that to now that's their alternate, and then the the, the, the M B, with the M, M. the M with the barley leaf is it? Yeah, that's bar- that's their primary logo right now. But we are skipping out the whole like ninety or like late nineties when it was a ugly, ugly the, the bats crossing in the background, the, the bats the, crossing with, with that the terrible diamond M. in the background. Ugh. Yeah. So yeah, this is kind of like uh, are they changing? Because last year we see it. We, we saw it a ton. We saw this navy and, and yellow, and it was great. I loved it. But then you see the pinstripes always come out. You see mm-hmm. all these different, basically, the ball and glove logo. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think I think they do maybe make, the, make it their primary logo when the stadium does an official change, maybe. So I think we talked about this, but I think you had a good take on it, Mike. Yeah. I think if you pulled any Brewers fans, I think everyone prefers the ball and glove logo the old school one but as long as you keep that as the alternate you can still have your main logo merchandise and your retro logo merchandise and it's basically two sets of everything to buy right and i was yeah. looking at my brewer stuff and i own a pretty even split of each i mean i love the old stuff but then there's just there's some new stuff out there that i just like the look of so i buy both and can't hurt them you know, for trying to sell two sets of merchandise. Yeah, I am a sucker for the for that old retro logo, and I, I would be a big fan if they actually did take that retro logo. Still had it for the occasion to have the pinstripes come out, but to move to the new color version of it would be pretty ideal. Yeah, and I think fans would be completely behind that. On a, on a quick side note, though, do you remember what age you were or how young you were when you realized that the actual the glove actually had an M and a B in it? Because I remember it was I was not overly young. Before I kind of really noticed, like, holy crap. 
I know there's a lot of people who are posting that, uh, finding that out as adults. Yeah, uh, I saw I saw a story <laughs> on that, and and everybody's like, "Oh, I realized today," and then one guy's right. saying that they didn't realize that it was actually the the other way, that it was a glove. <laughs> so yeah, that's they saw the then. the M and B, but they didn't realize it was a glove. Yeah, yeah, like one of those a, magic eye prints. So took them like their <laughs> whole life, and once I realized that that had an M and a B, and I'm like, that is one of the most genius logos. Yeah, it really probably is. ever. And I think just a fan created it, right? I think it, I believe it was. I think it was a college student from Wisconsin, Stoughton, maybe. I don't know. I could be mistaken for sure, but but yeah, I I I think I figured it out maybe before my twenties, not before my twenties after being ten. So in in that area, maybe I was, my I teenage, maybe I was 11 or 12. teenage years. I used to have like a pinwheel of penance. like a, a big pinwheel. I did the whole thing and collected them as we went to games and different athletes and whatever else. And I just think I remember sitting there watching it or looking at it one day, and I'm just, I kept like cocking my head a little bit and just said, "Oh my goodness, there's an M to be in there." See, I was I was deprived of that moment. I'm pretty sure my dad explained it to me, so I didn't get to discover it on my own. Is that he's saying like, you know how clever <laughs> that hat is you're wearing? And like, no. I remember telling my dad, and he's like, "You didn't know that it was." <laughs> yeah, like it's common knowledge. Yeah, it's a sad day when you figure that out, huh? Bittersweet. So let's run into the infield really quick here for our off-season, our preseason review. But Mike, you have a little question for us, I believe. Yeah, my dad submitted a question right after the breaking news today of signing Moustakis. And he wanted to, he actually is a little a little pessimistic about this move. He wants to know if we're worried about the signing of Moustakis hampering the playing time of Keston Hiera and possibly even pushing him out of the picture this season. That's a good question. I think it's a good safety mechanism, right? I I don't think you have to rush. Now you don't need to rush like Keston at all. Like if he, if he flashes in the pre, in the, Spring training, then by all means, I think you kind of make plans around that. I don't think they're tied. Um, like Spangenberg becomes a, a really deep utility player, or uses as trade, or move maybe move on from like Perez or one of those guys. My biggest question now is, what do you do with Shaw? Yeah, that's something I kind of want to get into. Also, like I think of, I more think of Shaw, like he. And I will go into this a little bit. I have a little a couple stats on him, so I'll wait till later. But um, I do feel like it's more of a stopgap, just in case Shaw doesn't work out, because they're they're kind of balking at paying him that. Because usually when um, they're in arbitration and stuff, they usually kind of sure up the contract and give him a little bit of an, an extension so they can avoid arbitration stuff in future years. So um, and. Of course, we all saw Shaw's play decline a little bit. He did succeed at second base, um, and I do feel like Hira could still make this team, but um, I'm kind of wondering if they just want to have enough bodies in camp too. Well, going into this season, uh, we didn't have a clear starter at second base. I mean, it, it looked like it was Aaron Perez was penciled in, and then it was, yeah, like if it was Spangenberg. But what is I, he, yeah. I think Shaw is going to play pretty evenly amongst 
third, second, and first. I think you're going to see him move around a lot. Even uh, Aguilar faded a little down the stretch. I think they might want to play Shaw a little more at first. Yeah, no, and that's I think, true. I think he'll see pretty even time. It's almost like he's become, in a weird way, a utility player. Kind of like Perez, yeah. Yeah, where he's going to move around quite a bit. So I think there's still room for Hiera in there, even if you did this, as long as you uh, bumped Thames out of there. Because Thames might be the odd man out. So yeah, let's uh let's kind of just jump into the first base and then yeah. you know, kind of talking about AGR Thames and then of course in 2018 Braun saw some time there and of course Shaw and uh so Brewers hitting first baseman last year, they were 7th in NL in average, they were first in that in the NL in home runs and RBI and they were second in the NL in strikeouts. So that's not a very good stat, of course. That comes along though with big home run numbers big strikeout numbers so. definitely so you think 2019 you think jesus aguilar <laughs> jesus <laughs> the jesus nobody messes with jesus. The jesus no <laughs> you think uh aguilar <laughs> thames and um shaw probably gets some time there do you think ryan braun does i guess is one question but um the big question though for me is does thames make the team because of his big decline last year in injuries and also what does Aguiar do? Because, you know, he played 149 games, of course, had two, 274 batting average, but that that uh, first half he was, I think, 294, and the second half he hit, like, 240. So it's not like he was, he was more of an MVP that first half. Mm-hmm. And granted, he got 16 MVP votes, but um, is he going to be consistent? I want him to be more consistent. I'd rather have him not have a huge first half and a bad second half. I want him to just be that consistent. And even the bigger number going in the postseason, he batted 216. He right. fell off even more once you got to when it mattered. That's why I think uh, you'll see Shaw play more first. I think he'll have more off days uh, this season. And Braun, I would think, is probably mostly out of the picture at first I would think now. so now yeah, yeah definitely we, now I think, I think maybe that's another reason for the move right you totally now reduce even the need to even question to bring in Braun yeah. if, if needed yeah Aguilar kind of came on quickly in that first half so they yeah Braun is probably done for, for first base we don't have to worry about that anymore Thames though yeah I don't know what you do with him because adding Moustakis makes this roster start to feel more like the playoff roster last Definitely. year and I know we don't have scope anymore but I mean, you probably keep him around to see kind of what he does again in spring training and see if there's a team that bites on him or whatever and maybe he's just like as you mentioned a, a spring training casualty when it comes to the end he could be he could be one of those guys they just try to flip for anything that's like, quite a bummer for me because I really like I really loved Thames I love his attitude I love he, everything about the guy and mm-hmm. that's what's tough about this team is is there's really no player that I hate. There's no yeah. hateable player on this team. It's a different team than when they had the 2008 crew. I think uh, you had some some boisterous guys on that team, I guess. And Braun was even big-headed, kind of, and you yeah. kind of didn't like him back then a little bit. But <laughs> plus, so. plus Jeff Supon. Yeah, <laughs> Soup pitch great. Soup pitch great. That's what Ned Yost used to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's kind of interesting. Of course, we, we know Aguilar is going to make the team at first probably start there um but yeah Thames or Shaw I guess is is your question I do like Shaw as a backup player or as an alternate person going into it especially if you're going to go into a game where you need to have a defensive switch it now shores that up I I trust putting Shaw in at first and having an upgrade it defensively 
Um, right. Makes that infield feel a lot more shirt up. I think you will see that a lot, uh, like last year, uh, where you get Perez into a game to like pinch run for Aguilar, and then he stays in to play second, and Shaw moves to first base. I think that'll be a very common move yeah. throughout the season. Definitely. Yeah, 17 games he played first base last year, had no errors. Ironically enough, only had one error in the in the 30, what, 39 or 36 games he appeared in at second, so did do himself okay. Just worry about the range that he has to try to play that second base. Yeah, he's not ideal as a second baseman, but he, he held the job just fine. Yeah, let's roll into second base here now. So Brewer's second base hitting in the NL. They were 14th in 2018 in NL average, first in strikeouts, seventh in RBI, and fourth in home runs. Of course, this is getting kind of to be a little old, all this strikeout stuff, but it's okay. They'll score some runs. I'm not too worried, but. What's interesting is the strikeout numbers are still higher than I would have guessed, considering Stern's shipped a lot of the guys who strike out out yeah. of town like yeah. Keon Braxton's Pretty gone VR's gone still have a couple guys who strike out but yeah he, definitely you can see Stearns doesn't want too many of those guys on the roster no, definitely plus you also see brainchild Stearns also using the market in our favor yeah and two players both Grandal and Moustakis I mean you think he's using like the cold market to our favor by signing these guys to like one of your deals and just trying to get this get this thing done yeah minimal risk when you go one year odds of getting burned are pretty low but yeah so 2019 we have Corey Spangenberg Hernan Perez of course I guess Brett Lowry we maybe would put at second I guess a little bit possibly third if he makes it it. Salandino he uh, was hurt last year he's maybe a candidate for up sending up and down Um, I believe he has options I would think so and then, of course, Keston Hira. Does he uh, make this team? Can he win a spot? The 313 batting average in, in the minors, so we'll see. He keeps he, being talked about as one of the most big league-ready hitters yeah. there is. He doesn't have much speed, but that's okay. And then, of course, now with Travis Shaw. Moose is back. Does Travis Shaw start there? And Andy mentioned it. He only had one air, 11 double plays turned, and 268 innings. So he was the most uh, sure-handed, I guess, so to say, second baseman of last year in 36 games. Um, Even for his size, he's shown that he can succeed at second base. I think this is going to be the biggest wild card position on the whole roster where you never really know who's going to start there from day to day. It's probably going to be the most frustrating too, right? From day to day or... or Possibly. Yeah, you don't... A lot of gimmicks and games going on with that. that I mean, if... If they just go with Shaw at second to start and, and have Moose starting, I mean, that's solid. It, it worked a lot last year, so I'm not too yeah. you know, upset about that. But the only thing that you worry about is, like you said, is his range with Aguilar. Aguilar doesn't have much range, even though he's a very athletic big man. We we know all about that. He can, he can move. He can make some awesome plays, but you kind of worry about that hole. Yeah. It's it's an infield then of linebackers. Yeah, yeah. They have last year. They had one of the the tallest, biggest infield. So, um. So yeah. What do you think of Perez though? I mean, it's time for Perez to start. He's appeared in 130 games about the last two seasons. He's been so versatile. He can play any position. I think the only pushes in that he hasn't played is catcher. Yeah, which he's, he's been, been trying even, so hard <laughs> he to just pitches. play every position every year. He even pitches. Yeah, yeah he's, um, he's kind of the first man up when so, we have to. 
yeah, uh, position player. But. Definitely. But Perez, uh, he only had two errors and 230 innings at second base. Um, but his play has dis- de- decreased a little. I think in 2016, he hit like 270, and it's kind of gone down 250, 253-ish or whatever, but about that. But not that that's bad, but he's a very good defensive guy. I, I yeah. believe his arm is, is top-notch. So. so I love him as a guy on the bench that you can just put him in in the game at any point anywhere i think he's like as valuable a bench player as you're gonna find so yeah that I'm a, was a steal getting him from the tigers yeah i don't forget what year that was but yeah because he's got speed he's got a little power he's kind of just the all-around just like you said he plays solid defense he can kind of just all around do everything and that's really valuable in the national league so i'm okay with him not being guaranteed a spar- starting spot or anything like that i guess uh just uh couple little things about Spangenberg. He's a career five years, 258 batting average on average. Not much power, 3.3 average war for his career, I guess. He had like one big year, I would, I believe. Um, I guess Kenny break out. Uh, in 2018, he was 235, only 25 walks and 298 at-bats. So I would guess Stearns is he's always looking for diamonds that are you know, rough around the edges, and then he's hoping to make them, make them nice, shiny, and new uh, for the next season. And and get, you know, that's the thing is he's just trying to get maybe a couple games here and there where they just can blow up for a little bit, like Kratz, like Sogard. That's yeah. just been huge for this team the last couple of years. Is these these guys who come out of nowhere and uh, give you like stretches of great hitting. Yeah, this was a position to me that I was gonna probably look forward to the most to watch during spring training just kind of see how it all played out especially during split split squad series to see how they kind of like they split them out and see how they performed um at the, the outset i kind of had spanderberg kind of penciled in as the starter just to kind of see what they had because i think they wanted to platoon perez around um the infield and then kesson was like going to be kind of the wild card to see kind of what he did when he actually got up to the big league spring training he was one of those interesting guys that we, we heard and talked about he made a big jump from like 2018 pre-rankings to now the 2019 baseball america had him at 47 he's now at 17 major league baseball's rankings 56 he's up to 20 in baseball prospectus from 32 to actually number six prospect in all of baseball i kind of agree with your dad a little bit it feels like with this move now it kind of completely shuffles that whole position up completely i guess i think we all I think we all agree is like Shaw. It's probably Shaw's position to lose at this point. He's probably going to get the first crack at it. He's going to get all the spring training to really kind of dial that in, unless Hura like actually just explodes um, during spring training. I think he'll probably get sent back down. Maybe it's for the best to not have the pressure then of Hira has to come up and hold the position where he would just be maybe if he's on the roster in the mix and play kind of off and on versus like we don't have a second baseman. You got to come up and start right could be a blessing too right i mean the idea is you you keep him back down um you don't use any of the the player option at all and then you kind of get to see what happens with shaw and what happens with moustakas throughout the course of the year and barring any big injury with either one of those then you know you have a guy um ready to come up yeah you also want to hold off on bringing him up until uh you at the point of not accruing a season to get that extra year of control out of him so you won't see him in the first month of the season I guess the one thing that worries me about Hira is in 82 games fielding, he had a 971 fielding percentage. Doesn't sound that bad, but that would have ranked 24th in the NL. Um, 
is he a good is he a good defensive second baseman? I've heard that he is better than Ricky Weeks. <laughs> um, he's not as fast as Ricky Weeks. I've heard that. Um, but uh, of course, he can he can hit the ball, and that's something that this Brewers team wants to do. They're not afraid of errors. They're one of the the worst fielding teams, I believe, still. Uh, last year, I think they were still one of the worst fielding infields. So not that that's bad, but they make up a lot for a lot of mistakes with their bullpen and and their catchers throw out a lot of guys. So yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll see if her. I think if Hero blows up, I think I, I still think we'll see him. I, like you said, not occurring a season because mm-hmm. I, he's still young. You still have now. You have Moose. You have Shaw for another couple of years. So let's see how it goes with them. Let's say we do have that, that situation though. Let's say he blows up for spring training. He's betting like four hundred. What would you do? I think he Shaw slumping. Mustakas hits his typical three three fifty three or two fifty two sixty. I think you just get rid of Thames, really. I, I mean, think he, he, yeah, he bumps like Thames or Shaw's like Saladino that, off, yeah. off the roster. Shaw's that second first baseman. That would be my guess. And then you keep and you keep casting on the actual starting roster or the opening day roster. Yeah, because yeah, you could have a. You could have the lineup set in a way where Shaw, Moustakis, or Hira or Aguilar, basically one of them gets a day off like every yeah every day. So, yeah. so what is your guys' number in your opinion? What what does he have to do where he's now guaranteed a spot on this opening day roster or he just he's not worth it's not worth losing a year of control? Personally I don't I don't think he's I think I don't think he's ready. I don't think whatever he does in in minor in right now in spring training, I I don't think he's going to be on this roster. But that's just me. I think he could bat a thousand in spring training and hit a home run every at bat, and Stearns wouldn't put him on the roster to start the season because it's just it's too valuable to get that extra season out of just holding him off for. You only have to hold him off for like a a month or so. Yeah, it's and not too long. It's definitely in the team's favor, and Stearns is smart enough to even if it's risking, you know, maybe. He plays well in the first month, and not having him, it's still. Plus, I'd like to, I'd like to see him get another year in AAA against that caliber offense and, and defense. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if he was in AAA. Wasn't he in like AA plus or something? Has he has he seen time in AAA? Yeah, I know that, he's, I he's only two two seasons right in the minors, right? Yeah, I think you're right and about that. Right, he's only had one season defensively too, right? Yeah, because he was he a DH the, in college, and. Yeah, right. he had the arm injury. He had Tommy John, right? Yeah, pretty could, much. But yeah. he got through. He didn't have the surgery. He got actually healed up. Uh, it wasn't as bad. Or yeah, if he, it's the kind of thing. If he was a pitcher, he would have needed the surgery. Right. But being an infielder, he didn't so, need it. So yeah, he's had one year defensively. So, so yeah, it's kind of interesting his his arc of a career in the minors so far. He's he's shot up, of course, because of hitting. But but we'll see. We'll see if he comes up. So let's move on to third base. Really quick here. Of course, we kind of talked about this with Shaw, Mustakis. Of course, Perez saw time at, at uh, third base, of course, because he's seen time at every position. So we'll talk about Perez a lot, of course. But um, so Mustakis, of course, he signed the contract for $9 million. I, I didn't write down numbers for Moose, of course, because it came up really you know, I, quick tonight. I got him. Do you want him? Yeah, go ahead. Run by me. So 2018, he was a 251 average. Um, 28 home runs, 95 RBIs. Solid power hitting third baseman. Yeah. I don't think he, when he played with us last year, he didn't miss many games at third base, actually. 
Yeah, that sounds right. They really strictly pr- played Shaw at second base. They may have switched him out uh, defensively here and there because of, you know, hitting lefty ready. I don't, I don't remember why, but yeah, yeah. it was it was his worst strikeout year since 2012. Um, and, and, uh, respect, I guess. yeah, his home runs were down a little bit right, compared to the year before because he was hoping to get a big contract based on. Yeah, he had 38 home runs going into the 2018 season. Yep. Yeah, didn't quite live up to that. Yeah, he was hoping that would turn into a multi-year deal, and he's he's now had to settle for back-to-back one-year deals. But I would expect he gets the uh, the majority of the time at third base. Like yeah, you said. defensively he's pretty good. He makes some slick plays out there. Of course, he we've seen that. Well, that and was a, that was kind of his liability. Like that was the whole idea when he got the trade back, coming into Milwaukee. Yeah, is he was it was he, you thought the thought was that Shaw was actually a pretty sure sure in a glove person and you're not yeah. bringing you know jeopardizing a little bit of that to bring in a bigger bat yeah Shaw um, had that uh that big stretch where he was no errors at third base I forgot how many games that went on but yeah Shaw had gotten into the conversation of being a, a pretty good defensive player yeah defensively Shaw's been really good I I think last year he's been he was really solid he only had the one error at second base I don't remember uh at third base but another another guy that but of course, Perez, he had no errors in 125 innings at third base, and he has a gun of an arm. He's very agile. I I, I love seeing that guy play. I love see he'll probably switch positions every day. It doesn't yeah. really matter. It's pretty amazing how many. I wonder how many gloves that guy has, because <laughs> obviously all these players use different kinds of gloves, different sizes. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be fun to see Perez, of course, and um, yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut that of course moose is gonna be there i don't know i I just don't think brett lowry has a chance this definitely hurts his chances definitely salandino's probably probably cut now um yeah the the lowry deals for a minor league contract anyway so i think he was just trying to get a shot so yeah maybe you'll see him yeah he'll be yeah yeah all right moving on to shortstop rounding it out rounded it out on shortstop so we're at uh, 2018, Arcia Salandino again. Sogard, our boy Sogard. Goodbye, glasses. He had a good run. <laughs> he had a good run. Perez and Scoop saw some time at shortstop. Not not much time. So I think there's no dispute that it's Arcia's position, right? Yeah. I think the big question now is which Arcia are we going to see? Are we going to see the regular season 236 Arcia or are we going to see postseason 333 and was like the power hitter? He definitely played better, too, once he had been down to the minors. I don't know if it kind of got his mind right, if he did need a break, but yeah. I remember reading the story where he and Christian Yelich had daily calls talking about different training thing, techniques and things to look for and, and swing differences and what he does and what Arcia could maybe learn and pick up from. I don't know, whatever it was and whatever the time he did in, in, in AAA like, it was well worth it because he came up a completely different player at the plate. Yeah, disciplined so, and power. Yeah, so his batting average dropped forty points. <laughs> it's pretty crazy how how far it did drop, and the power disappeared. The power did disappear, but he, he hit, came back for that NLCS. Yeah, he had fifteen home runs the year before, and then he only hit three all of last year. But he's still young. Oh yeah, like he's he was wearing braces last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh he's gonna be what twenty four this season. So mm. I still have hope that he's gonna turn into. A reliable, but you know shortstop. what? Not all hope is lost. Mauricio Dubon 
who was out with an ACL last year, right? Yeah. He is cleared for gameplay. Do we see Dubon in 2019? Yeah, there's a lot of hype on him. A lot of hype. Uh, there were rumors even last year before he got hurt that it could be a real competition for shortstop. That if Arcia struggled, which he did, that Dubon might be on his way up, but the injury set him back. I would yeah, think because Dubon had a heck of a spring training last year, right? Yeah, like he was yeah. one of the hottest players on the on the squad. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Arcia's kind of almost. I think he's on the hot seat because they already sent you down last year. You did respond correctly. Like he, he did respond well. So, but I, I still think he's, he's the guy on the hot seat it, defensively. You know, he's got a great arm, but I, I just don't feel like he, he played very well. I think he had a lot of errors. He was uh, first on the team in errors, which shortstop of course is going to have a lot of errors, but um, I think think he had a really down year batting and fielding, and it kind of got to his head. And I, I'm I'm really happy that he went down, took it, and and succeeded. The, for sure. The frustrating thing about Arcia is, so he'll make amazing plays on defense, and then sometimes I think he becomes a little overconfident. Arrogant, like some yeah. of his errors would be, he He's would not- he would make like some diving stop, but it's the kind of thing the runner has beat it out yeah. there's, there's no business throwing the ball and he yeah. just winds up and guns it into the stands yeah that's true. it's like why did you throw that like he's, it was, he's no brett phillips who can just take plays off and make it look so easy <laughs> and make it easy right. throw right away yeah there anyway. there were multiple times i remember him just it was one of those things where it's like you got to just hold the ball you, there's you have no chance of throwing the guy out and he would try to throw him out anyway it was like the mike holmgren like Red Favre thing, like throw it away, throw it away. But yeah. like you're the opposite of that. Like yeah, hold the ball, hold the ball. It, when he makes the play, it's like, oh, good, thank God. <laughs> yeah, you just hold your breath for a second. And then, like you said, nine times out of ten, he's he's getting to a ball that you should, he shouldn't even get to in the hole, making some crazy play, turn around, throw, and he throws on a, on a line. And they then the next the, play, he'll just chuck it, like you said, yeah. halfway down the line. They had like, a win, I think, against the Pirates. I have to look it up. Where he, the game was won by him making an incredible defensive play. Uh, so yeah. there are highlight, that, yeah. highlight moments like that. But yeah, I would think though, Dubon, they kind of take it easy with him, considering he's less than a year removed from the ACL. I would think if we see Dubon, it's more like September. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because I think they'll want you know regular time off and kind of ease him back into it. So, but I think I think uh, Arcia hears the footsteps. Yeah, he definitely should be looking over his shoulder. It's no guarantee that he's the shortstop. So long term, it's interesting story. Much like the Packers super fan idea, where we had adopted a player, we did the same thing for the Brewers mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember. Do you guys remember who your player is? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Who's yours? Eric Thames. Ooh, I know. He was he was on that hot hot streak. Yeah, that was a good one. Because you guys asked right away, I, I believe, and I just right away I was like, thanks. Yeah. I, w- I was always quick to text. Mine, <laughs> I jumped in. Mine was Orlando Arcia. It was his it was his first year up. Nice. Had a lot of promise for him, so I was glad to hear. I was pretty. I was I was definitely cheering for him last year. It was a little bit rough for the first half, and he got sent down. And then when he had that huge postseason, I was couldn't have been more happy for the guy. Who's yours, Mike? I, I don't want to say. <laughs> Jonathan VR. Oh. You know, that's not bad, though. He got traded. Yeah, well. It's he, not his fault. He was n- not the biggest fan favorite as it went on. He got, th- like, 
he got thrown out on the bases way too much. Yeah. And I liked him for his uh, steal potential. I loved the guy who could steal as many bases as he so did. So who are you replacing him with then? I, we never really made this as official as the Packers. Yeah, we can make no, it right now. Yeah. Well, I think maybe let's wait for next episode. Yeah, we'll we'll I make it to, official. I need to give it some Because I think I need to change. My well, you don't get to change until he's gone. Oh, well. That's not fair. All right. That's how it goes. But, Plus, yeah, but I don't think I don't think you can have the reigning NL MVP. I think he's off limits. Yeah, that'd be too easy. It's the Aaron Rodgers rule. Yeah, I'd want some like un, unsung hero of the bullpen or something. There's one more like infield prospect that I kind of want to mention. Just kind of throw out there. It has nothing to do with this season. I don't think you remotely see him, but um, Jake Gatewood, he's a first baseman who also tore his ACL. Looked to hit with some power in his limited 2018 season. He went bad at 244, not that great, but he had 19 home runs and 59 RBIs in just just under 90 games. So he was another one that I think times taken. He was I think the 40th overall pick in 2014 ish. I think this is kind of the make or break year for him. So hopefully they ease him back in a little bit, and he'll hopefully play some spring. He's hoping to get in some spring ball in uh, minor leagues. But the story's kind of interesting. Um, good kid seems to be. But uh, kind of got bitten with that same injury bug. But he's kind of, I'm hoping to see what he does kind of in the minor league because he was drafted pretty high. It had a high potential. He was going to be our first baseman for the future. You don't hear of a ton of ACL injuries in baseball. And, you know, we had two of them in the minors. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, but he made a big appearance at Brewers on deck and kind of got the feel and take it all in what it meant to be a part of a swing organization. So kind of really. Pumped him up, so it's one of those guys I kind of wanted to throw out there just for you guys to be aware of and kind of be on the radar in the minors that he's an interesting guy with his power. So so just to round off this infield discussion a little bit, if you guys are done with your little input on, mm-hmm. on shortstops. So infield X factors, I would think you've got to limit the errors. You can't depend on pitching and, and catchers getting you out of jams all the time. Arcia's bottom of the lineup success i think that's very important to for this team i think if 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 arcia can stick around you know average of of what he's usually done i think we'll be fine he doesn't have to hit 360 like he like he did in the nlcs but uh 270 i wouldn't mind it though i would not mind it it. I'll, i'll take it um so first base questions is my last thing i would think obviously it may have been cleared up a little bit with shaw but does Thames make the team contribute like he did in 2017? Can Aguiar be consistent in in the meat of this lineup? So those are my little little X factors for this infield. I, I do feel like most of your your power and your hitting is come coming from that outfield, obviously, which we will talk about in the next episode. Yeah. But uh, the infield's gonna gonna hopefully hopefully it could be, be interesting good. if you have another repeat of like that Jesus had, and then if you also get. Uh, 2017 version of Mustakis. That could be a very, very oh yeah interesting competition. A full to who, season of, of Moose could be fun. To it, who yeah. hits more home runs, that outfield or that infield? So yeah, that lineup is getting scary now. Yeah, I mean, adding Grandal too, right? Oh. Hitting catchers, you so. forget about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This this uh, whole infield, the pitchers, catchers. It's been a great talk for the first two episodes, but episode three is going to feature our outfield and course our picks for 2019 which you guys gotta be prepared for <laughs> so you guys have any other notes for the infield i think we covered it all pitchers catchers complete infield ready to go and set 
definitely as we saw this Sunday that things can change quickly. So we will have the news quickly for you as as quick as as podcasts can bring it. Right. Or just follow us on Twitter and all that stuff. So and we'll we'll, we'll quickly do it. <laughs> yeah, I I personally don't think that Stearns is done. I don't think this team is actually set. What you're gonna see is opening day roster. I think there'll be another addition probably added, in my opinion. So kinda just see how that kinda plays out, especially as pitchers and catchers start to really get some work in. Um, but we're hoping to get the outfield episode, episode three, kind of out and ready to you guys before the opening game against the loathed, hated Chicago Cubs. And then Sunday we play the Rangers, Monday Angels, Tuesday Padres, Wednesday Indians, Thursday first true split squad, Giants and Reds. All right, so with that, we'll hopefully get back to you guys. On the third and final episode, like I said, we'll go through the outfield and wrap up this team and then watch it all fall apart when we see them play in spring training. I don't want it to fall apart. Not like literally fall apart, but our, oh, our analysis. Our predictions. All right. Okay. So with that, welcome back, Mike Moustakis. Moose. Keep you in our thoughts. We're welcoming you back with open arms. Excited to have you back here, bud. Keep avid avid listener. Yes. Keep the playoff roster together. Way to go, Stearns. Proud of you, buddy. So now we'll catch you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Keep turning up the heat. Brewers. Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers. I know you wanted to do that. I did. <laughs> Life is complete. Adios. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionabletoreturn. Follow each of the guys on Twitter. For Andy, at Andy, the number nine, M-A-N. Mike, at Mike R. Daly and Pete at P. Cozy with a K. Junior Jr. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.